seven, I'm a real one. I ain't got no money problems, I ain't got no children. Dodging baby mama drama, whoop, that's a close one. Act like a host, but her face like she hosts some. Uh, whole food shopping, and she work out every day, you know them news popping. Stomach on apple cider vinegar, she do something to me. Good sex, got you thinking me and you something. Thought it was, hey, thought it was, thought it was. Four, fives, two, tens, that's a dub, that's a dub. Said she just graduated, I'm in love, I'm in love. Said she like to do the lounge, she don't fool with the clubs. My type, my type, yeah, yeah, my type. Like Piggy, if the head right, I'm there all night. Like Yeezy, when I see it, I'ma hit it on sight. Like Kendrick Lamar, we gon' be off when I used to shoot my shot. You a matrix, now you reappear, but I hate tricks. Look, nobody likes a fake. Lo love who I am, now my bag roll, but I'm up, so that is not realistic. Shoot my shot, then I check the ballistics. Shoot my shot, then I'm on to the next one. Shoot my shot, no My shot, Steph Curry, it's a switch. Gucci or Dior, you come explore the way I live. Been taken for baddies, put the chrome out on your drip. Add up mathematics, just like magic, way it flip. Look at the tone, who's wrong? Brown skin, just like the paddock on my own. Bounce till you get allowance, icy charm. Fountain, I make it rain a thunderstorm. Private flights and private nights, nobody knows. Told her she will, she will with the one. They were snoring. Sleeping on me, woke them up alone. Wake up, hey, 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 and I don't even know, like, how you doing? I got this rich, I wasn't shit, my life was ruined Driving in my crew today, my window tend to eat the plate Eat the plate like anime, do it and she get the bait Million dollar dollar to one million in the code to say I dress in the coldest way, and though I just When I used baby. to shoot my shot, you were matrix Now you reappear, but I hate tricks Look, nobody likes a fake Love who I am, not my bankroll, but I'm up, so that is not realistic Shoot my shot, then I check the ballistics Shoot my shot What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT War Games. Now, I know some of you out there are probably thinking, Booch, aren't you forgetting something? And I would say, well, listeners, whatever do you mean? And you would say, well, Booch, isn't there supposed to be a takeover placed in there before War Games? Well, listeners, I would like to say you are correct. There should be a takeover placed over there. The only problem is, as part of the new uh, renovations in NXT, apparently they are doing away with the takeover name and just calling it NXT War Games. So if you need further proof that Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard want to completely erase everything that Triple H has built over the last several years, here it is. But despite their fuckery, I still enjoy NXT because I get to see great matches with great wrestlers and very few stupid, unnecessary bullshit that I see in other shows and promotions on wrestling TV. So until NXT becomes a clone of Raw and SmackDown, I 
will continue to watch and support it. That being said, let's get on with the first official match of the evening. We've got the Women's War Games match. We have Toxic Attraction and Dakota Kai versus Raquel Gonzalez, Cora Jade, Io Shirai, and Kaylee Ray. This match shocked me because I, at first, in the beginning, I was glad that this match opened the show because my thought process was, great, we can get this out of the way and enjoy some wrestling because I expected this to be a shitty match just like how last year's Women's War Games match was a complete and total clusterfuck. And with the babyface team having the one-woman advantage, I already knew the psychology and the storytelling aspect of War Games was going completely down the shitter because, as I mentioned before on last week's show when you're doing a war games match the heels should always have the one man or in this case one woman advantage why because it allows them to get their heat in a match that for the most part has no fucking rules I mean obviously there's rules in a war games match but what I mean is there's no disqualifications there's no count outs there's no ways for these guys to cheat so the way you allow them to get their heat is to get the one woman advantage so they get two on one the baby face and then when it comes time for the other person to come in the other baby face to come in they get a big pop because they're saving their partner who was in danger of losing but that being said I will say the women did very well in the match as far as wrestling goes obviously uh, the one uh, bad part of the match was Cora Jade going to the top rope and doing like some kind of senton splash and basically dislocated her shoulder which made me get frustrated because I'm thinking, sitting here thinking why the fuck did she even do this move in the first place and it's one of those things where young wrestlers make this mistake a lot and that is they like to do stupid shit that they don't know how to do because they want to fucking impress everybody it's like oh I want to get that ooh ah holy shit moment you know I want to be in the circus instead of the wrestling business so so I'm going to do flips, even though you don't know how to fucking do flips. And as a result, you fucking injure yourself and cut your career short. It's stupid. It's pointless. And it irritates me that wrestlers do this. It's like they have this obsession to prove that they're athletes. Jumping off of shit doesn't make you an athlete. It makes you a fucking idiot, especially if you botch. But there was one advantage that came from this. Number one, Io Shirai knew how to snap a shoulder back into place because she quickly dragged Cora away from the, the ring because the medic team was about to come in, but Io said, no, I got this. She pops her shoulder back into place and kind of drags her to the corner. Now, this was the only positive about the babyface team having the one woman advantage because when Raquel came in like a house of fire and got her comeback and got her shit in, it allowed Io Shirai to keep tending to Cora Jade and let her heal. Then when it came time for Io to get her shit in, Raquel went and checked on her to make sure she was okay. And she basically, Cora Jade, I mean, became a one armed woman in an asking contest and she got put over in the best way possible it was so well thought out that a part of me actually thinks she meant to dislocate her shoulder now whether that's true or not I don't know it could have just been a freak accident I like to believe it was an accident because I don't think Cora J would be stupid enough to do a move that intentionally dislocated her shoulder but what was great about this was she's swinging the kendo sticks taking everybody out eventually the numbers game becomes too much for her Mandy Rose hits a move goes to cover her her. You think she's done. She kicks out. Everybody's shocked. Mandy's shocked. Cora herself is shocked. Everything. And then once Gonzalez hits the one arm power bomb on JC Jane, and then there's the double boot that knocks her and I think uh, Gigi out. All of a sudden, Cora J rolls up JC Jane, gets the one 
one, two, three, and she wins the match for her team. So, despite the stupid move off the top of the cage, Cora Jade got the biggest win of her career. She got the biggest moment of her career. So, I got to hand it to her. The risk paid off. My only hope and prayer is that because they were able to pop the shoulder back into place, I hope that Cora Jade's not going to be sitting on the shelf. Because if she's going to be out of action for too long, that's really going to hurt her chances of getting over. Because she has a lot of momentum on her side right now. So what I would like to see is maybe give Cora Jade the rest of the week off. On Tuesday, let her cut a promo, let her do a pre-tape, get some type of TV time that doesn't involve doing anything physical. Then, let her rest up her shoulder, and then next week, she can start wrestling again and build a program and go into a feud with somebody. Because she is ready to whoop some ass. She's done tremendously right now. Cora Jade has earned the respect of the NXT Universe and the respect of her peers by what she did in this match. So she is somebody you definitely want to start pushing. Now, obviously don't rush her into the NXT women's title picture, but she should not be jobbing on television anymore. Uh-uh. No more jobbing. No more enhancing. None of that shit. She is now part of the crew, okay? If she's going to lose a match, it's going to be a high profile match to a high profile wrestler her days of jobbing are over because she just proved what she can do in a ring and the punishment she can take so while this risk did pay off i hope she's not stupid enough to do this again in the future and that's all i gotta say about this match and on that note we move on to the next match of the evening for the nxt tag team titles imperium defends the gold against kyle o'reilly and von wagner this match was it was decent. It was a decent tag team match. I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't overly excited for this match. It, it just felt vanilla. It really did. Like, Imperium is a badass tag team, but they're very, very plain. I know some people out there thinking, well, Vinny, don't you eat a lot of food that's plain? Yeah, but that's different. That's food. I'm talking about wrestling. You know, there's a lot of wrestlers who have an old school move set, but they at least look interesting when they do it. Imperium is not interesting. They're just basic. Not, not Nothing really special to look at. And watching Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner in a tag team just doesn't feel right. Again, I'm a little annoyed that Kyle O'Reilly is in a tag team. Also, I remember at one point, uh, there was a moment where O'Reilly had one of the guys set up on the ropes, and Von Wagner got a tag, leapfrogged over O'Reilly, and landed on to Eichner, I believe it was. And that bothered me. That bothered me tremendously. And I'm going to tell you why. If you're in a tag team with a big guy and a little guy, and I'm not hating on Kyle O'Reilly, I'm just stating facts. From a height standpoint, Kyle O'Reilly's a little guy, Von Wagner's the big guy. The big guy should not be doing the leapfrog moves. That's the little guy's job, okay? The big guy's supposed to do the big guy's shit, and the little guy is supposed to do the little guy's shit. Not the other way around. So already, they don't know how to function as a fucking tag team when they're doing dumb shit like that. So this tag match just did not interest me at all. I had no emotional investment in it. And then, of course, in the end, Imperium hits their finish. I think it's the Imperium bomb or something like that. And they get the one, two, three. They retain the tag team titles. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Von Wagner tries to attack Kyle O'Reilly. But Kyle O'Reilly kicks him in the gut, hits a couple moves, takes Von Wagner down, and basically says he saw that turn coming a mile away. Because Kyle O'Reilly always has his head on a swivel ever since the breakup of the Undisputed Era. And here's the thing. What is the whole point getting Kyle O'Reilly to trust people again when you're just going to have the partner turn on him? What's the logic in that? 
That basically means this whole storyline was for nothing. And then later on, Kyle O'Reilly does an interview where he decides to challenge Von Wagner to a steel cage match this coming Tuesday on NXT. So I guess that means they're putting an end to this rivalry. But once it ends, where does everybody go from here? Is uh, Von Wagner going to go to SmackDown and be uh, Adam Pierce's bodyguard like he was before? Is Kyle O'Reilly leaving NXT? Because I hear his contract's up about to expire. So is he leaving and potentially going to AEW? Where does this go? What does Kyle O'Reilly do after this? Are we going to put Kyle O'Reilly in a singles title picture soon? Like the North American or the NXT Championship itself? Because the fact that Kyle O'Reilly has been sitting in limbo since beating Adam Cole is goddamn ridiculous. So I don't know what the fuck they're doing here. I just know there's a lot of disorganization going on and none of this was exciting. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening in a hair versus hair match. Cameron Grimes versus Duke Hudson. Okay, I enjoyed this match. These guys worked very well together. The back and forth action was perfect. The timing, the pacing, everything. These two worked very well together in this match. And you had no idea how it was going to end. But you knew one of these guys was going to end up being bald. And in the end, Cameron Grimes rolls up Duke Hudson for the win. And then it looked like Hudson was going to get out of it by attacking Grimes. And it looked like he was going to shave Grimes' head instead. Grimes was playing possum, fought out of it, put him in the barber chair, Duke Hudson, I mean, and proceeded to shave his head. Now, he buzzed it a bunch, but then eventually Duke Hudson got up and ran out. That's the only part of this match I have any complaints about. I felt that when Grimes hit that cave-in, Duke Hudson should have been out for the count until his head was completely bald. I'm talking buzzing it down, getting the shaving cream and the razor, shaving the head, let it be completely bald, and then by the time Duke Hudson wakes up, he realizes holy shit, I'm bald. If you're gonna shave the head, go all the fucking way. Don't have Duke Hudson get up and run off with like still little bits of his hair in his head. That That's fucking half-assed and stupid. Why not take your time with it? It's not like you have a full fucking card here and it's pay-per-view so you don't have a set time limit like you do on television. It's on Peacock. It can go as long as you want. Take your time and fully shave the fucking head. And I like the fact that Duke Hudson was the one who got the head shaved because I feel like he looks better with it than Cameron Grimes. I don't think Cameron Grimes would, would look good bald. I do like the look he has now with the beard a lot more trimmed and you know his hair looking a little bit better I like the look that Cameron has now but for him to be completely bald it wouldn't work Duke Hudson, I think, he can still pull it off. He can. His whole gimmick revolves around being a champion poker player, not necessarily being a good-looking guy. So, he could stand to lose his hair. And who knows? Maybe someday, if he can, he'll grow it back. He doesn't necessarily have to keep it bald forever, I don't think. I don't know, I don't know quite how that works, but if he's able to grow his hair back, then he can grow it back years from now down the road, you know, when it's when it suits them to have, uh, you know, do cuts and get his hair back if they want to do that. But anyway, great match, very entertaining. Just wish we could have seen more of a bald head. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening for the Cruiserweight Championship. Roderick Strong defends the title against Joe Gacy. This match had moments of good action, but the overall pace and story it told kept it from being great. It was just kind of there. Both men are fantastic athletes and showed their skills here. It just didn't click. 
The crown scene halfway into it and halfway out. And I'm going to be honest with you. I damn near fell asleep during this match. I did. I was bored to fucking tears with this match. None of it interests me at all. And of course, Roderick Strong got the win. So he gets to remain the Cruiserweight Champion. I will say there were two, a few good moments in the match. Like Joe Gacy um, and Strong fighting outside the ring. And at one point it looked like uh, Harlan was going to hurt Ivy Nile. But Gacy made him put her down. You know, still trying to show that Gacy is all-inclusive and a good person despite the wrestling that he's doing in the ring. And that's all about Gacy. His gimmick is very real and everything he does makes sense. Like, yes, I'm hurting this guy in the ring, but we're wrestling within the confounds of a wrestling match. Once the match is over and he wins, and even though in this case he didn't, he still picks the person up, gives him a hug, says, good good match, good try. You know, I don't hate anybody. He's not taking any cheap shots. He's just being annoying. So he's a good type of heel and his gimmick makes sense. That being said, this match was boring, boring, and on that note, we move on to the main event of the evening, the men's war games match, which consists of team black and gold, black and gold, black and gold, black and gold, ooh, ah, you know what it is, black and gold and black and gold and black and gold and black and gold. We got Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Pete Dunne, and L.A. Knight versus Team 2.0, which consists of Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, Grayson Waller, and Tony D'Angelo. This was a stellar War Games match. And I'm not just saying that because the heels had the one-man advantage and the storytelling and psychology was perfect. This was stellar because they tore the fucking house down. I mean, the work, the craftsmanship. Everything that was done made sense. There were no stupid moves. Everything everything that was done in this match had a purpose. There was a goal. There was a mission. There was logic. There was reasoning. Hell, even the surprise appearance from Dexter Loomis. They said he, he had disappeared and left the hospital. So I was like, what the fuck was the point? Well, now we see the point. He chased Trick Williams away so that, that way he couldn't interfere in the match anymore. And then he gave the thumbs up to Gargano. Gargano gave the thumbs up back. And then, of course, eventually, you know, he got jump from behind and the match continued but LA Knight of course climbs over gets into the cage takes out members of the team you know everything was great in this match there was weapons there was violence but everything was done with a purpose and that's why I enjoyed it even Tony D'Angelo locking the door with a chain to keep the rest of the other team out of the cage genius work but then of course Braun Breaker had to get the uh, bolt cutters and cut the bitch open and he struggled to get them off which kind of told me the chain wasn't gimmicked so that was stupid whoever came up with that idea it's like look at least have some gimmick chains so you can easily rip the some bitches off would make sense to me but of course didn't make sense to whoever set up the fucking weapons because you made Braun Breaker look like a dumbass but I will say the best part of the match for me was seeing DIY work together again that moment was great even the crutch when they saw the crutch in the ring and started laughing before they beat the hell out of uh, the wrestlers with it because you know everybody remembers uh, DIY attacking each other with crutches when uh, Gargano and Ciampa were feuding but then they even hit their DIY finish was great Uh, you know Johnny Gargano trying to sacrifice himself to take out one of the guys so Ciampa can hit the uh, fairy tale Henny on Carmelo Braun Breaker with the spear through the table then he hoists him up in the gorilla press position hits the power slam gets the one two three and the winners of the match are team 2.0 
Now, if that's not a symbolism for what Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard want to do with the future of NXT, I don't know what is. But that's the best way I could describe what the fuck I just saw here. This was them basically saying, out with the old, in with the new. And a lot of people felt that this could be Gargano's last war games or even last match with WWE uh, because a lot of people are thinking that Gargano, when his contract expires, he's probably not going to resign, which if he doesn't, it's going to be, you know, a sad moment because Gargano is definitely one of the cornerstones of NXT, or at least the original NXT. Uh, and I would love to have seen what he could do on the main roster. Uh, I don't know if he's going to the main roster or if he's just going to leave completely and go to another company, whether it be AEW or Impact or Ring of Honor or whatever. But either way, if this is Gargano's send-off, it was a pretty good one. Gargano had a lot of good moments. Hell, he even came out to his old entrance music since he no longer has the way in his corner and because, it, like I said, it looked like this could very well be the last match for Gargano. And I'm intrigued to see where his career goes from here. I'm intrigued to see where a lot of these careers go from here. Especially with Braun Breaker pinning Tommaso Ciampa. I got a feeling he's going to be NXT champion very soon. I'm also intrigued to see what's going to happen with the North American title. Uh, is maybe uh, Kyle O'Reilly going to go for that belt if he's not going to leave? Could LA Knight try to take it from him? Could we see maybe Pete Dunne get another run with the North American title? I think he's been North American champion before. I believe he has. I don't know for sure. But if I remember correctly, I think Pete Dunne. If he's not, then maybe he'll want to get his first shot at that title by taking on Carmelo Hayes. Because I know Hayes has got his work cut out for him. There's a lot that can be said about the future. But we now know that with 2.0 getting the victory, the new school is definitely taking over. And I think that was a symbolism to us, the fans, that 2.0 is here to stay. We are building these new stars, and black and gold is officially a thing of the past. But here's the question. Is 2.0 going to produce great content, or are we seeing what was once the most beloved wrestling show on the planet about to be turned into complete shit? Well, time will tell on that, but this, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up the recap of NXT War Games. I thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We are on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, and Google Podcasts. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there. Or become a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash TheBoochCast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content to provide. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TheBoochCast. Get the latest tweets photos and videos also subscribe to our youtube channel check out all of our shows we have boochcast reviews dark side of the ring we got archived watch parties our DD one shot funny skits holiday videos check all of them out hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when new content will be coming to the youtube channel also be sure to follow us on twitch go to twitch.tv slash the boochcast that's where we do our live wrestling watch parties our next one will be saturday January the 29th for WWE's Royal Rumble. That's right. At 8 p.m., we'll be going live for the Royal Rumble. We'll have a bootleg link that you guys can check out where you can watch the pay-per-view and follow along with us since we can't legally show it on Twitch. But make sure you're following us on Twitch to be notified on when we're going live. Also, coming in 2022 will be our D&D show. I know we were going to have it back in October, but a lot of shit went down. But we promise you, in the year 2022, we 
will be having our D&D show. Also, we got some live gaming we're going to be doing very soon. Elvis Delinsky is going to be in charge of that. Once I send him the information, he'll start gaming, and you can chat with him on our gaming show. More content to the channel will be coming soon as well. And, of course, you can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three different levels you can donate at with prizes coming soon. The first level, if you don't have a lot of money to spend, all you gotta do is donate 99 cents per month. That's it. Just 99 cents. It'll barely be a blip on your bank account and all you gotta do is send 99 cents our way and you can help us build this show and make it stronger. Also, you can go to the second level which is $4.99 per month. Same amount of money you would charge for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And of course there's the third and final level you can donate to for a mere $9.99. That's right. Same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Obviously, if you're outside the country, you're still enjoying the network. But ever since WWE sold it to the Peacock, you have no place to put that $9.99. Say that $9.99. Bring it over here. We got better content in the network anyway. And unlike the WWE, we actually love, support, and take care of our loyal fans. And you have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. Also, when you donate to the Boochcast, you can send to get access to your paid subscription immediately. And agree that if you don't cancel before the end of the subscription period, you will automatically be charged the subscription fee every month until you cancel. You will not be entitled to a refund on cancellation. For full terms and instructions on how to cancel are available on Anchor. There's a link you can find to go see that. For more information on how they process your personal data, you can go to Anchor's privacy policy to learn what you're getting yourself into before you donate the money. And of course, you're probably wondering, Booch, what do you guys do with that money? Well, it's simple. That money goes back into the show. It allows us to upgrade our equipment. It allows us to bring in bigger name guests pay our bills, and allows me to take care of all the guys who work very hard behind the scenes and on the air to make the Boochcast the successful podcast that it is. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they deserve to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And of course, if there is any money left over afterwards, we use that remaining money to feed Zach ramen noodles and try to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci aka the booch saying keep on living life and take care this has been the booch cast we'll talk to you guys next time until then pizza baby well i see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye goodbye so long so long farewell farewell adieu adieu be good stay well bye-bye keep warm relax and eat take care stay loose adieu bon vieux à la prochaine goodbye till when we meet again <laughs>